Hello, Husky fans. This is Trevor Mueller of Sports Illustrated Husky Maven channel. With me is Kayla Olin and Mike Martin, and this is week three of our Pac-12 Picks show. And uh, Mike, Kayla and I already got to talk about last week's loss combined with the week before, and we haven't gotten your voice online yet. So uh, tell us where you're at right now with this Husky program. Well, let, let me just say that um, when I got home, my, my wife was very smart to have locked all the sharp objects in uh, drawers for me. Um, it, this, this is one of the more brutal um, stretches that I can remember. Not because the Huskies lost to Michigan. I could handle that if, if they had um, curb stomped Montana and then lost to Michigan by uh, one, maybe a field goal, maybe a touchdown. I could, I could handle that. Yeah. Um, but with, with this team, I, I thought that, okay, they fell asleep. They didn't have their eye on the wheel against Montana because they're going to go in and curb stop Michigan. Well, None of that happened. They have looked inept on offense. I really hate to say the word inept, but um, there's, there's no sugarcoating that the run game right now is a disaster. Um, the only bigger disaster is for the other teams that have tried to pass against Washington. Washington's defense is giving up 74 yards uh passing a game so you know other teams are forced to run the ball michigan had a two-headed monster i don't think washington was exposed i think those running backs are very good that is that offensive line for michigan i think has a couple of guys that are going to be in the nfl that defensive line also is going to be putting a couple of guys into the NFL. That was a, a very good um, offense and defensive line. Now, the Huskies should have been able to match that, but I don't know if it was Richard Newton's vision where he was trying to slam into the hole, and if it wasn't there, he was just going down, and most of the time it wasn't there. It seemed like 80% of the time, he was contacted before he hit the line of scrimmage. And so I can't fully pin that on Richard Newton because that means that there's blame all the way around. That means that there's blame uh, at the play caller. That means there's blame at the offensive line. There's blame for Richard Newton for not being able to find a holes, find the holes or make something happen. Like Miles Gaskin, I, I figure he would have had, uh, you know, 80, 100 yards in a game like that because he would have bounced. He would have seen that there wasn't a hole there. He would have slid until he found that opening and gotten two or three yards. Richard Newton carried the ball 17 times, and he should have been uh, able, if he averages uh, four yards a carry, 40, that's uh, 68 yards. Um, you know, if, if he, so, but if you get more carries, the, you know, the better you end up running. So anyway, um, the run game was a disaster in that game. Now, 
the FPI from ESPN puts Michigan's defense at ninth in the country. So, you know, sometimes when somebody looks like crap, it's okay to give credit to the other team and, you know, be able to look at that other team and say, man, you kicked our butts. You're actually better. Doesn't mean that you suck. It just means that the other team is better. And I can accept, I hate it. It doesn't mean that they, I don't think they should get better or that they should have done better. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to take your licks. And, um, and I think that's what, what I think in the end, we'll see that that was a very good Michigan team that I think uh, the way that Ohio State has played the first couple of weeks, I think that they are going to, you know, be right there for the conference championship. It's going to come down to Michigan versus Ohio. Um, and it's going to be a very hotly contested game. Kayla's shaking your head. What do you want to say about that? I mean, I just don't agree that Michigan is that good. I will be a hundred percent honest there. I didn't see any amazing throws. And I think to be competitive in college football right now, and to win a championship, you need to be dangerous on the ground, but you also need to be dangerous in the passing game. And I don't think I saw any spectacular throws, to be 100% honest. I think Ohio State either slept and played their best game. We always see upsets occasionally. That was Ohio State's game. They're still in the top 10. They're still in the top 10. Michigan wait, is not wait, a top wait. 10 team. We always see upsets occasionally. What I'm saying is like, we see upsets happen, but it yeah. doesn't mean that Ohio State is not a good team. Oh, I'm not saying that they're not a good team. No, no, I no. Think, but I, I think, think I think going back down. I don't because I think Michigan is a bad team. Michigan is not a top ten team. I like when right. when, Washington, I, I think, when Washington when Washington started to pass, Michigan could not take care of those receivers. They were steps behind. There was a bunch of drop balls. Kate Odd missed a pass. There were some bad looks. I think Washington made Michigan look better than Michigan was, which is why I don't think that Michigan and Ohio State are a good comparison by any means. Uh, but I think it will be a very competitive uh, game. Washington, Trevor, you're the decision maker. Washington, Washington will probably not see a better defensive line um, than Michigan's this year, and Michigan will not see a better defensive back room than Washington had this year. Strength versus strength, Michigan uh, beat Washington. And by the time Ohio State rolls into Ann Arbor, I think it's in Ann Arbor this year, I, I think that uh, Michigan will be able to solve. Now, Michigan was also without their number one receiver, so you know, we saw what Washington was like without uh, Terrell Bynum when he got in there, when he actually was targeted. Um, he, he had five catches, 115 yards, and the only touchdown of the game. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on those stats. Uh, um, no, but that is that is 100% number for number correct. But a team like Ohio State who showed that they can pass and they can pass really well if Michigan does that with only one healthy wide receiver, giving up 115 yards on five passes, doesn't look good for them is kind of just how I see it. it well, and I, I, I stick by, by what I said. I, Michigan still is, is Michigan, 
and they're 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 going to be there at the end this year, I think, and they can do a lot of things. When teams get scared of uh, Michigan's running attack and they start loading the box, they can go over top with uh, they still have some very good receivers on that team. But I know know you and I, Mike, will have our own bet about that. But Trevor, I need you to give me a little peace of mind right now and choose who you side with, because this is your show. So (laughs) what you say overrules everything and you do such a good job. (laughs) Man, you are buttering me up. I will say that if there's not uh, improvement in the passing game for Michigan, uh, there's not going to be that they're not going to be able to compete. But I agree with both of you. I think Mike, you're right that that defensive and offensive line for Michigan uh, will give uh, you know Ohio State problems because we saw Oregon's run game give um, or Ohio State problems. On the opposite end, if you're going to compete and win championships, you have to have a quarterback. And I know he was going up against one of the best secondaries in college football. And I know he didn't have to throw often to beat Washington. But still, the throws that I saw did not instill a lot of confidence in me uh, that Michigan's going to be able to compete if they get down. If they're up, uh, if if they get some good bounces early, that game gets really interesting if they can uh, slow the game down, you know, a la Stanford when they were really good. I like the word win. When. <laughs> Awesome. So um, let's get to some picks, huh? That was some uh, listening to you guys talk. It was like listening to On Second Thought all over again. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, like take it off my ear. I don't care about ready to throw down. <laughs> well, I don't mind Kayla being wrong, though. <laughs> that I'm so glad on. this is being recorded because when Michigan gets wiped by Ohio State. I think there's a bet okay. that we're going to have to think about. We're we're gonna have to virtually handshake, okay. And I don't know what the bet is, but um, loser shaves their head. No. Oh, Trevor! <laughs> oh, oh, Trevor! See, one of us has hair still; the other does not. Win lose for one person. Uh, yeah, touche. Um, so our first game we have up this week, we have Minnesota traveling to Colorado. Colorado is a two-point favorite. Minnesota obviously played Ohio State tough, uh, ended up losing towards the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, talent won out. Uh, but then Colorado on the other side uh, was leading most of that game against uh, Texas A&M, number five in the country. So, Kayla, where do you see this game going? Colorado lost to Texas A&M because they gave up big third downs. I think the Buffaloes very well should have won that game. It was like you said, they controlled it the almost the entire game. The scary thing for Colorado going into this game is that Minnesota is extremely successful when it comes to converting third downs this season. Colorado also was struggling very much with the passing game, whereas Minnesota gave up 341 total yards it's kind of going to be one of those knockout games back and forth. Who's going to throw the last punch. I think it'll be a battle of who can get it done on offense. And with that being said, I actually think Colorado pulls it off and they win by seven. Interesting. Uh, Mike. Why do you have me follow something like that? I mean, uh, all you have to do is give a, is it Colorado or are you going to take the points? I'm, I'm just going to say, I agree with Kayla because I mean, how can, how could I follow what she said right there? 
you know, I can't look anything but bad. <laughs> well, I'm going to actually uh, be the contrarian in this uh, group. I'm going to go with Minnesota, and that's because I think the Colorado quarterback play uh, really showed some warts late in that game. Uh, Minnesota plays good defense, and uh, they also have an explosive running game just like Colorado does. So I'm going to give the edge to the better quarterback and take the minus two and a half. Um, next up, we have Idaho at Oregon State. Oregon State got their first win of the season, beating up on uh, Todd Graham and the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. Uh, there's no line on this game, so uh, we're going to get to throw out our own line. So what would the point spread have to be for you to take Idaho, Mike? Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. Um, you wouldn't touch it. There's no way in hell that um, Idaho beats Oregon State, just like there's no way that Montana beats Washington. Um, <laughs> Oregon State, though, um, their quarterback play is, and I don't even know the guy's name. I was looking over some stuff, and their quarterback, I think, is second highest rated in the conference or the highest rated. Um, Jonathan no Smith. One, correct. Well, like I said, you don't know. like I said, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Jonathan Smith has that offense going. And I think that seeing some upsets in the first uh, couple of weeks, I think probably has the attention of, of that team. And they're going to come out and they're going to go, we're not going to let an FCS team do anything to us. I think uh, they score early. They score often. Uh, they probably win by 45. Yeah, I would, I would start thinking about taking Idaho at a 34, 35 point um, spread. Kayla? I think it's going to be a lot less scoring than that, to be completely honest. I think if I'm guessing a final score, I think it's kind of a 10 to 17 Oregon State. So <laughs> with a seven and a half is probably – as low as I would go. Wow. All right. Um, next up, we have USC at Washington State, and we have two programs that uh, are in turmoil for different reasons. Um, obviously, <laughs> USC, they two day two games into the season, they relieve Clay duty uh, Clay Helton of his duties. He is no longer, he is no longer uh, the head coach there. Um, the coaching search begins for his replacement. There's still talent on that USC team. Uh, we see teams play really well after a coach uh, leaves. We've also seen teams play really poorly after a coach is gone as well. Uh, and then on the other side, WSU, obviously losing their first game where, you know, they had that game won. Um, the, all the other storylines around Washington State that are not football related um, I don't know really what the Cougs are yet. Uh, and the line is at eight and a half. And I think that this USA team is going to play uh, inspired ball for Clay Helton. And I think that they're going to cover the eight and a half point spread. Kayla? I completely agree with you, especially because the interim head coach coming in in place of Clay Helton, he's one of the best recruiters in the country. Yes. He has so much experience leading a team. And so for that, I don't think they really falter at all or take any steps back. So I would go well over eight and a half as well. 
he was one of my people to look out for uh, when Washington was uh, looking at a defensive coordinator higher. Um, Mike, how about you? Well, again, why do you have me go after Kayla? <laughs> Sorry, um, next time I'll have you go first. <laughs> I, I can only look bad going after her. Um, uh, well, I actually, you know, if this game was in in November and why and USC is going up there, it I think it completely changes the dynamic. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be. Uh, I think that. USC is, you know, like you said, it's their USC is still USC. And now that they have those players attention, uh, I think that they go out and it's, uh, they more than cover the spread. I, I think they, they win 35, 10. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I agree. I don't see it going any other way. They're more talented and uh, losing a coach uh, can be kind of a, a character check. Uh, well, and, on. But, the, but the question the question is, though, with Wazoo, uh, their coach has taken a stance, uh, whether you disagree with it or not. Um, he has chosen uh, a, a stance, and do his players have his back? So, you know, are they going to rally around him for for that and you know say hey this is our coach and i don't disagree with it but he's still our coach sort of like you do with a family i don't have to uh you know like my family but they're still my family so can they or will they sort of respond how we expect usc to respond for their coach so yeah yeah that's i still think usc has uh the better players and you know talent wins nine times out of uh 10 unless it's the montana, unless it's montana. <laughs> awesome so mike uh next up we have sacramento state heading to cal uh, obviously this is a fcs versus a power five so we have no line um what do you see in this game well the cal i, I their defense is starting to take shape um i i think that they're going to get back to the defense uh, their defensive coordinator is now i believe at oregon so they're they're missing a bit of a beat but uh i think that that garbers is is really starting to come into his own it's a senior campaign and i i think that i think they win easily uh as as they should i agree kayla I kind of see it being a two-score game. I think if I had to guess a line, it would probably be about 13 and a half or so. Just because Sacramento State, I mean, it is an FCS. It's very hard to compare, you know, how offenses do with other offenses, yada, yada. We saw with Washington and Montana again. Right. FCS teams can put up points, and they do. And so with that being said, I think Cal still scores with Chase Garbers, but it's still going to be probably a 13 and a half, and I would take the over. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And then next up, we have Utah, who uh, lost to BYU for the first time in a long time. Uh, and they're headed to San Diego State, who beat up on a Pac-12 team, albeit Arizona. But they uh, they dismantled that Arizona roster. So uh, this is one I see. It's a seven-point spread. I think that's about right. They have San Diego State, uh, Utah 
favored on the road. Um, I think this is where Kyle Whittingham shows that he's been one of the best coaches in the program in the, in the conference for a long time. Uh, I think they bounce back and they beat the Aztecs. I, I'll take the seven points. Uh, Kayla. hundred percent. I don't think Utah is a team that is on a decline just because they're still bringing in the same talent. They still have the same talented coaching staff that took them to the Pac-12 championship game. And if they can get something going on offense, it will be well over seven, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Well, you look, and, and again, thank you for sending me after Kayla. Um, <laughs> But you look at at the linebackers, and they have three of the top five linebackers, right. according to Pro Football Focus. Um, they they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to, uh, I think, they're going to wreck San Diego State. I think they win by twenty four. Yeah. Although San Diego State, they have been doing quite well, but I just okay. think that I think that will uh, Kyle Whittingham. Uh, I think that he's going to have their attention. He's like, see, told you it could happen to anybody. Right. After losing the Holy War, which they haven't lost in a long time. Um, We we said the same thing going into Michigan. Right. (laughs) So Next up, we have uh, Stony Brook headed to Oregon. I'm not going to take your picks on this one. I just want a show of hands of how many of you knew that Stony Brook had a football team. I thought they had a beer. It doesn't I sound know. like a perfect game for a Washington beer. Washington basketball a few years ago when, when Romar was there. But doesn't it sound like they should have a beer? Stony Brook Brewing Company, yes. Stony Brook, Washington. Stony Brook, Actually, Washington. I think, of, I think of like Disney. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Kind of like Frozen. Yeah. Frozen was filmed on location in Stony Brook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're going to move right past that. We're going to go to another. Uh, matchup that might not be big for both conferences because you know one of them Stanford from the Pac-12 headed to Vanderbilt uh Stanford is an 11 point favorite it's an SEC school but it's uh it's the one that uh maybe doesn't fit in the SEC as well as the others so uh, Kayla what do you got on this one so for this one I kind of want to just throw out a few stats because I love my stats like my numbers and I also like looking at odds and occurrences of things and again thank you Trevor (laughs) Don't worry, I'll, you'll go after me. You'll sound great. So, like, for instance, Vanderbilt is coming off of their first win in 658 days. Huge. Is Vanderbilt's first win. Stanford is coming off of the high of upsetting formerly ranked USC or was formerly, however Mike likes to make fun of me to do it. Yeah. And the Commodores are 30 and 11, actually, against non-conference opponents. 21 for three at home. Interesting number wise, because you always talk about, you know, home field advantage, everything like that. And Vanderbilt was the underdog in only two of those victories, both of which were outright wins. Take that into consideration. You have yourself a really good matchup. However, I don't think that changes the narrative that Stanford is looking like they're finally getting all the pieces to click. And I think they win by 14. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to take Stanford as well. I don't think that uh, Vanderbilt's going to be able to stand up against kind of this revamped running game that uh, David Shaw has going. So uh, I will also take Stanford uh, 11 over. Uh, Mike? Um, is it okay to call it the Nerd Bowl? I like that. I love it. I, I love like it. it. Um, Battle the, for the books? I, what's that? 
Battle for, for the, the Stony Brooks. Battle for the um, you talked over each other, so we'll just have to um, say that Kayla was funnier. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> but uh, Stanford, I keep expecting the drop off to come, um, but they they recruit very small classes, they develop talent, they get guys to their senior years, and year in and year out. Stanford just puts together a pretty good season. They might have a, a down season every now and then, but I have a ton of respect for what David Shaw is, is able to do there. Um, we never hear the, the complaints of, oh, they had a sucky recruiting class because they always get that five-star quarterback. They come into Washington and they, they steal one of the linemen. They go around the country and they get big linemen from around the country and I, I just ha- I have a ton of respect for what David Shaw is doing down there. And to knock off USC um, and to send, send Clay Helton packing, uh, I think that that is the springboard they were looking for in a season like this where they can build off of a big game like that. And now I think that they have their eyes clearly on – a, a bigger thing than than just winning the North. I think that they would like to be a playoff participant. Yeah, and, so, and that said, that said, Stanford wins by uh, thirty. Yeah, so uh, going from one of the better teams right now in the Pac-12 to the bottom dwellers, we have Northern Arizona traveling to Arizona, and it looks like this is where you know uh, Fish will get his first win. Uh, I'm going Arizona in this game. I would not pick a line on it. Agreed. Who, what, I mean, how many, have they lost 15 in a row, 16 in a row? It's been a while. 658 days. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Olin, you're supposed to know this stuff. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Arizona kind of put me to bed last night. I didn't get to finish reading my chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, when did Arizona last win a game? Which sport, baseball or football? Football. Which league, college football or NFL? Okay, see, she has no idea. She's like, I don't know. I don't see them winning games. So anyway, I know that that it's been a very long time. I know they're uh, well into double digits. Um, Yeah, no line on it. Arizona should finally win something. All right. Next up, we have night, number 19, Arizona State at number 23, BYU. Um, Arizona State, nobody really knew what to expect out of the Sun Devils with what's going on with uh, Coach Herm. But right now, you know, they, they're 2-0. and They've played good. They've played that NFL style that Herman Edwards has brought to Arizona State, and they're winning. BYU for the first time in – uh, a long time takes out Utah, like we talked about. So big time matchup. Uh, th- I think this, a win like this for ASU cements them as one of the top teams in the South, probably the, the team to beat, you know, they have their head coach still unlike USC, Utah has shown that they've have some, uh, some, some warts uh, and, and maybe for the first time, 
We're going to be talking about Arizona State and UCLA at the top of the South. Sounds weird to say, but yeah, Caleb, what do you, uh, Mike, what do you got? Sounds like somebody has said that recently, long before anybody else did. Kayla, could you remind me who that was? I don't know if our screens are all the same, but I'm pointing to Trevor. I love UCLA. Literally, last season, all we heard from every pick show, I think it it could have been UCLA and Bama, and he was like, UCLA by 21. I love UCLA. <laughs> like, I love UCLA. Yeah. I've believed well, in them for years. Mike's mad because he thought you, he, she were going to say they're at him. He has his arms crossed. So. No, I, um, the, the, the thing that Chip Kelly did, um, he's always kind of found loopholes I don't know if anybody saw what he did, but he created an extra week of fall camp by just spreading practices out uh, an, an extra day. So that he got his guys for five weeks instead of four. Uh, he is doing a lot of things there that uh, he was doing at, at, at Oregon. What are you pointing at, Olin? I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, he got that extra week because they played in week zero against Hawaii. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Okay. Because each, each team needs four weeks before their season. And because he was a week zero, that's why they ah, got okay. that extra week. Oh, okay. that makes sense. Okay. But- is, all, is all I was going to say. I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was just saying. Okay. Well, see, you know, and I can always count on uh, the facts from you, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, what what Chip Kelly is doing there, but I I, I think that um, the, if we're going back to the ASU BYU game, um, the the Tiger is, is going to be taken. Are they the BYU the Cougars? <laughs> yeah, they're going to have the Tiger by the tail, and um, it's going to go back with his tail between his legs because ASU is the real deal. Um, th- this is the season that they put it all together um, because I don't think there's a next year for them. Yeah. Um, there's going to, I think some in the off season. So I, I, I've been high on them for quite a while, but I think that this is the game that, that they probably uh, want to say, you know what, you knocked off Utah. Thank you for that, but get out of our way. I think they just absolutely crush BYU. Yeah, and and I think you're right. It's like the last dance college football edition after, you know, watching the Bulls do it in 96. No, 98. Uh, Anyhow, Kayla, what do you think of this game? I thought when I saw the line of three and a half for in favor of ASU, I thought that was disgraceful. Just because how you are, Trevor, with UCLA, that's how I am with ASU in terms of Jane Daniels, and for, for her, I'm all about that. I think they have a great program. And you wait your turn. You just spoke, young man. Um, <laughs> but I think it's well more than that. BYU, they got a pretty fair preseason ranking just coming off of what Zach Wilson and company had done last season in their four games. And then they do beat Utah in what was a odd win for them and a non very good game for Utah. So with that being said, I think ASU runs over them by probably 17. 
Yeah, and usually with you, you always say that Utah is going to throw a clunker in November, and unfortunately for them, they threw it in September. All right, Mike, your hands up. As a teacher, I am obliged to call on you. I, I you waited so long, I forgot. <laughs> no way. Oh, it wasn't. It had. You sound like one of my students. Had I was going to say, how many times do you hear that? Oh, you. Um, <laughs> what did you say, Owen? <laughs> you heard me. I did not actually. I was I, the voices. I said it had nothing to do with you waiting. Oh, okay. Um, the voices in my head drowned out what you were saying. Um, well, Kayla said that it was disgraceful. I'm just wondering if it was as disgraceful as Washington's run game the first two weeks. Oh, just as bad. Just as bad. <laughs> like disgraceful for Arkansas State going in as 17 point underdogs. Disgraceful. <laughs> Yeah, uh, then we have another one, and, and it's one of my favorite teams to pick in the Pac-12. Uh, it's UCLA. They're hosting Fresno State. Obviously, we saw Fresno State in their second game take Oregon to the wire, and uh, you saw a better Oregon team in week two. You've seen UCLA. I mean, they beat LSU, and, and <laughs> they put Ed Orgeron on the hot seat, and this team looks extremely potent the the run game uh dtr looks good the defense is playing better they're ranked 13th in the nation when was the last time we said that about ucla uh they're 11 and a half point favorites against fresno state jake hayner ty jones the rest of the bulldogs uh mike where do you see this one going well as as much as as i like jake hayner um UCLA, the most impressive thing that Chip Kelly did at Oregon was not what they did on offense, but was what they did on defense because you don't get that many touches of the ball uh, if if your defense is giving up, uh, you know, is staying on the field. Their defense would get off the field, get the offense back on. Um, And I I think he's he's probably a year away on the defense, but I think the offense – is there, um, uh, almost there. So I think that that in this game, UCLA, um, I think they win by 15. But Jake Hayner doesn't have an interception. Um, you know, he's he's torching people. And he, he did he expose Oregon's defensive backs or was he that good? That's that's the question that I think gets answered in this game right here. Is Jay Hayner truly legitimate, or are or what Oregon was without two starting defensive backs as well? So you know, um, I just think that this is going to be a fun game to watch for you. I know you sort of have a horse in the race. For me, it's going to be a fun one to watch because I don't have a horse in the race. It's just, I think, an intriguing matchup. Yeah, and uh, Kayla, uh, what are your what are your predictions here? Eleven and a half points. I do not think UCLA covers the spread, and strictly because of the inconsistency still left with UCLA. They are in thirteen. They looked great against LSU, but if you want to compare numbers, Trevor, you and I did a fantasy with Pac-12, and just to kind of quickly throw out numbers, the only person that was consistent was their running back, Britton Brown. Other than that, DTR, he doubled his kind of passing and 
touchdown ratio than he did in week one against Hawaii. And then you look at Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver, put up, you know, three fantasy points and then almost 13 the next week. And then their tight end as well, two and a half and then 20.7. And so if you want to look at numbers like that in terms of how much they're being productive, it's just too inconsistent, I think, to actually cover 11 and a half against like both of you were saying, a Fresno State that is looking dangerously good behind, you know, former Washington Huskies, Jay Kaner and Ty Jones. Yeah. And I mean, the defense is actually pretty good down there, too, in Fresno. Um, uh, a lot of the Oregon offensive drives that resulted in scores were due to uh, fumbles by Hayner. So uh, taking that into account, the defense looks pretty good, but I'm, I'm, I'm staying with the Bruins. I'm going to take them and I'm going to take the points. Uh, obviously the last one of the day, Kayla and I, I will have a, uh, a big show preview of the Arkansas state, Arkansas state coming to Washington. It's a 17 point spread. Mike, the floor is yours. Well, just real quick, um, I'm sure Kayla knows, but Trevor, what is Arkansas Arkansas State's mascot without looking? Red Wolves. The what? The Red Wolves. Red, oh, I thought you said Red Bulls. I was like, okay, actually. They give you wings. Ooh, I like that. I looked into their master's program. I know all about Arkansas State. Okay. Um, well, this is, is a game – that you, you, they have to play four quarters. This they, they can't they can't not score on their first drive. Um, I, I, they just have to torch Arkansas State. They have to find a rhythm on offense. Who would have thought that this game would mean so much uh, in in that respect? But they have to find uh, a rhythm and even, even, even more than a rhythm, they need to be syncopated and syncopated means that there's no rhythm to it that you don't know what's coming. And, you know, against Michigan, we knew what was coming on uh, third and five and fourth and four. And so, we knew that they were going to run the ball on first down. So I think that they have to um, really craft a game plan instead of putting a bunch of plays together. Yeah. And uh, so what do you think? 17 point spread. Uh, do you, do you feel Washington wins or do they cover the spread? Um, I think they have to win by 35. Yeah, I mean, I think that if they're going to uh, show that they are going to adapt, Kayla talked about in our preview show about, um, you know, the firing of Clay Helton after two games hopefully inspires a little bit of urgency with this offensive staff and this offensive game plan. And uh, I, I would really love to see 35. Kayla? Well, oh, sorry, Mike. Well, I'm, I'm going to uh, just take you back to – Don James, uh, year three, uh, they're sitting at one and three and they're checking the want ads. So, you know, with in the, this day and age, you know, you can't be Oh, and two and not 
you know, beyond monster going, Hey, um, you know, I was a coach, what 500, uh, you know, uh, 500 company, fortune 500 company. Can I run, you know, uh, this, this game, there has to be urgency to it. Awesome. So Mike, you have them covering the spread by a big, uh, a big margin. Kayla, you and I, we have our, uh, we have our picks on our other show, Kayla, uh surprise if you want to say yours first i go ahead and end it okay that sounds good um i say they're going to cover the 17 point spread um i would i really want to see it is funny it's almost like a troll job by the uh by vegas of putting up their total points for the season as uh as their uh as as their favorite right now but i think they cover the 17 points uh because i believe jimmy lake and i believe jackson kirkland and what he said and then I'm just going to go ahead and end it and our pick show very, very vague and kind of simple almost. And I will go ahead and let you know that I will be picking Arkansas State to win. And if you want to know why, I go in depth on it in our preview show. Awesome. Kayla dropping the bomb. That'll do it for Trevor Mueller, Kayla Olin, and Mike Martin. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.